hear this a lot. It really doesn't make a whole lot of difference what you believe as long as you believe something. I also hear this a lot today. We're all trying to get to the same place. We're all trying to find our way there. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference how you're looking to get there, what you believe is going to take you there, how you feel like you're going to get there. And that's exactly what the world wants you to believe. That's exactly what they want you to hold to. They want you to place your trust and faith in the philosophies of, of our culture today. And, and my grace is, I will tell you, culture is changing faster today than I believe I've, I've ever seen it change. And what is interesting is we come to this particular letter from Paul, his letter to the church at Colossae. And, and also, here's something else interesting for you this morning. Paul didn't start this work. Uh, Paul never, matter of fact, Paul never even had the opportunity to go to visit the church in Colossae. But you see that his heart was there. And some of us probably wonder sometimes where is Colossae in relation to the other areas of Paul's missionary journeys. Well, on Paul's third missionary journey, as he made his way up towards Ephesus, as you come out from Ephesus and go about 100 miles to the east of Ephesus, you find three cities located there, one of them being Colossae, the other one being Laodicea, and the other one being Hierapolis. All three of those are located there together. Here's something else that's interesting about that area. All of your trade routes ran through Colossae in that area, in that region, through Ephesus and through Colossae. And as you look at those, matter of fact, if, if you take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the book of Colossians, to the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, and just go ahead and flip over to chapter number 4. And look at chapter 4 in verse 13. You will find the other two cities that I, that I spoke to you about. And you will see them. They are Laodicea and Heriopolis, both of those cities that are there. Some of you may have maps in the back of your Bible. You can find them. They're located in, in the Asia region. Uh, in the Asia Minor region is where you will find them. And this, as I said, was the meeting point between the east and the west because there was an important trade route that came through this particular area. And so therefore, as a result of that, here's what you had happen. All kinds of philosophies existed in this area and there was no shortage at all of religious heretics. So you had everything there. Matter of fact, it was kind of like the old commercial uh, that you see sometimes uh, with different retail establishments and so on about how you can have it your way. Well, let me tell you something. That's where we are today in the culture that we live in today is you can just about have it however you want to have it. Matter of fact, whatever you want to believe, uh, it's out there. You can take your pick. You can go find something that will fit where you are. But one of the things that was concerning to Paul was those philosophies and those heresies had begun making their way into the church at Colossae. And what's interesting is when you look at the book of Acts, you don't find the beginnings, 
days of the church at Colossae mentioned in the book of Acts. Paul did not start the Colossian church, nor was he ever able to visit them. And so what I want to do this morning is kind of just take the first chapter and take the first 12 verses And I want to read through them this morning, and and what I want to do is I'm going to give you just kind of an introduction to the overall letter. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going verse by verse, but I want you to get a good idea of what Paul is dealing with in the church at Colossae. Also, by the way, this is one of the prison epistles. Uh, Paul is in prison when he wrote this letter, and as he wrote this letter to the church at Colossae, And we're going to look at that in a little bit more detail as we go through this. But I want you to notice with me, beginning in verse 1 of Colossians chapter number 1, and notice as Paul writes the letter. And I want you to notice what he says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all of the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, Just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the days you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant. And there was another individual that's mentioned as you come to chapter number 4 by the name of Aristarchus. So you have Epaphras and you have Aristarchus. And the gospel had traveled and made its way all the way to Colossae. As a matter of fact, it had come from Ephesus. And the gospel was beginning to spread throughout all of the region. And as the gospel began to spread throughout all of the region, lives were being changed as a result of that. As a matter of fact, Epaphras and Aristarchus are mentioned in chapter number 4 of being with Paul tending to the needs of the apostle Paul and Paul speaks of them highly and so that's who he is talking about here in verse 7 he said just as you learned it from Epaphras and it is thought that Epaphras probably had a lot to do with the beginning of the church there in Colossae and so as the gospel began to spread in the region It was beginning to change lives. People were coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And and there was a movement that was taking place through all of this region as the gospel continued to spread. And notice as Paul refers to him at the end of verse number 7, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Matter of fact, Epaphras spoke highly of the love that existed in the church at Colossae as he relayed this information to the Apostle Paul. Verse 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding 
so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to praise or to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light you know you wonder sometimes as Paul writes these letters and don't ever lose lose sight of this Paul is in prison as he's writing this letter and one of the reasons that we went through the book of Philippians before making our way to the book of Colossians is to understand where Paul's joy actually came from that allowed Paul to be able to write as he did to encourage all of these churches how is it that Paul would spend all of this time praying for each of these churches as the gospel began to spread I will tell you why because Paul was concerned with what was taking place and that was the false teaching that was beginning to make its way into these churches and began to circumvent what was taking place in them philosophies all of these things that were beginning to find their way into the church matter of fact in chapter number one when you look at verse 25 through verse 29 the colossian assembly was pretty much gentile uh, in its membership and paul's statement about the mystery applied more to the gentiles than it did even to the jews when you look down at verse 25 and verse 26, one of the things that, that Paul does is he spends time going through the mystery of the church when he said that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said that's where your hope is that's where you find your hope and my dear friend I don't care who you are today all of the philosophies that the world has to offer all of the answers that the world has to offer I will tell you today just as Paul writes throughout his letter to the church at Colossae there is only one thing that matters there's only one way that you're going to get to heaven at the end of the day there's only one way that you're going to find yourself in the eternal presence of God one day and that's through Jesus Christ and he is the only He's the hope of our glory. He's the hope of everything that we do. He's the hope of who we are. The joy that Paul found, I will tell you where joy came from in Paul's life. It came because of the relationship that he had with Jesus Christ. And it came as a result of the gospel. And him being a part of the gospel. And you notice that he prayed for these folks. Day in and day out. You see the pastoral heart of Paul. As you read through these letters. And you see how concerned he was with what was taking place. And that the teaching inside of the churches was correct and true. And that they magnified the Lord Jesus Christ. However, a crisis had occurred. That was about to destroy the ministry of the church. And so what was the heresy that threatened the Colossian church? What was it that Paul was so concerned about? What was getting ready to undermine the very work of the church in Colossae? Well, here's what it was. It was a combination of Eastern philosophy and Jewish legalism. And they were trying to combine those. And they were 
watching as this Eastern philosophy began to make its way into the church. And my dear friend, let me tell you something. We're not exempt from that today, and it is making its way. It's creeping into churches even today. Philosophical arguments is really as to who God is. Is it, is it really at the end of the day, is there really only one way to get there? Is all of this really true? Is the scripture really true? Is it, is it, is it true in, in what we hold within our hands today? Doesn't it contain errors? And the list goes on and on and on. That's why it's so very important that we understand and we know who we are in Christ and understand the truth of the gospel when it comes to our own lives. So when things like this begin to creep into the church, we're able to detect them and we're able to speak against them. Here's something else that they did in the church at Colossae. They held to a form of astrology. Now watch this. Believing that angelic beings ruled heavenly bodies influenced the affairs on the earth. I mean, that's, that's some of the things that were being taught. And my dear friend, listen to me. That same stuff's being taught today. Nothing has changed today with where we are. Matter of fact, if anything, and we were talking about this in, in the Sunday school hour this morning, what's amazing to me is we have access today to more knowledge than we have ever had in our life in all of human affairs, and we're further away from God today than we've ever been. Why is that? Because we get to the point after a while where we think we know just a little bit more than God does. And really we have the means now to take the scripture and take computers and go through the scripture and begin to evaluate the scripture and say, hey, all right, let's use a little bit of critical thought here and say, you know, really? And here's what's concerning to me today. And I'm not going to mention any names here this morning. You'll probably know who they are. There is a well-known apologist that is out there who has written extensively in the apologetics arena when it comes to God and when it comes to all of the major doctrines here just recently he has just released and now has published that he has gone back through Genesis chapter 1 through chapter number 11 and now sees that that account of Genesis 1 through Genesis chapter 11 probably is more mysticism and mis and um, um, I just it, the word just came and went any of y'all ever have that happen huh <laughs> boom it was here okay mythology that's what he refers to it as how could you come to that place? How could you think that Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11 is probably more mythology than it is anything else? I will tell you why. That's just what Satan wants you to believe. Because when you change Genesis chapter 1 to chapter number 11, and you say now all it is is predominantly mythology, what happens with sin in the Garden of Eden? What happens with the catastrophe that took place with Noah's Ark. What happens to the confusion that takes place with the Tower of Babel? What do you do? Just throw all of that out? God help us today. God help us to understand that the Word of God is true from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter, uh, the, the last chapter in the book of the Revelation, just as it's written. 
It's time that we today hold on to the Scripture and what is written in the Scripture as being the truth, being literal for what it contains. But this was taking place. But I'm thankful what Paul wrote in the letter to the church of Colossae, though. And here's what he wrote. He said, Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And then he comes to the next part of the letter, and he said, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, through Jesus Christ. My dear friend, let me share something with you today, and I want you to understand this, and, and, and I, want you to, I want you to honestly hold on to this. The Word of God is true. From Genesis to the book of the Revelation, we know how the world started. We know where it came from. We know who we are. We know what God's purpose is for us. We know what's coming in the end. We know what lies ahead of us. We know what the truth is. My dear friend, listen to me. You hold it in your hands. So where did we come from? I don't know about you, but I know that I was fearfully and wonderfully made in the very image of God himself. We're a reflection of that creation. God desires to have a relationship with us. It's who we are. I know where I'm going one day because of Jesus Christ. I know that everything that we see is going to come apart one day. It's not going to exist anymore. There's only one thing that's going to matter, and that's what we have done with Jesus Christ. And that's all that there is. It's easy to see how this kind of teaching undermined the very foundations of the Christian faith, especially in the church at Colossae. Let me tell you what happened. They attacked the very person and the work of Jesus Christ himself. And that's what's taking place today. I hear it all the time. Jesus Christ is not the only way to get to heaven. There are other ways to get there. Well, I have a question for you. How? I want to ask you a simple question. How in the world can a sinful individual enter into a relationship with a just and a holy heavenly father except through Jesus Christ there's no good in us and Paul wants the church at Colossae to understand there's only one way to get there and that's through Jesus Christ he is the head he is the preeminent one he's the one who has finished it all and is sit down at the right hand of the father the letter to the church at Colossae affirms all of that so what do we do with it let me just share some things with you that Paul wrote in this letter in his work on the cross Jesus Christ settled the sin question there's no doubt about it he settled it all because it says and through him to reconcile all things to himself Having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether on earth or things in heaven. Doesn't make any difference. Jesus Christ is the only way. He settled the sin question. You ready for this? He completely defeated all satanic forces. 
all of them. There is no question about any of them. He put an end to the legal demands of the law. In fact, Jesus alone is the preeminent one. All that a believer needs is Jesus Christ. Paul goes through every bit of that and covers every bit of that in this letter. So that there is no question as to the authority of Jesus Christ. And the Word and the Scripture. You know, this false teaching that Paul deals with here was a combination of very deceptive things, of many things. Jewish legalism, oriental philosophy, pagan astrology, mysticism, asceticism, and even a touch, are you ready for this? And even a touch of Christianity. Let me just give you that list. I want, I want to ask you a question. Does any of these sound familiar? Jewish legalism, oriental philosophy, pagan astrology, mysticism, asceticism, and even a touch of Christianity. What do you mean? Well, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us all. And so, therefore, as a result of Jesus Christ, that's what the Scripture says. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So therefore, I'm going to get there one day regardless of what I do. Some of y'all are looking at me like, really? That is a teaching that is out there today. You ready for this? Let me tell you what it's called. It even has a name. And it falls under Christianity. It's called progressive theology. God is a God of love. That's who he is. And he's a God of mercy. That's who he is. And I give that to you. He is. But my dear friend, please do not lose sight of this. Not only is God a God of love and not only is God a God of mercy... God is also a holy and a just God. That's who He is. And so, my dear friend, the only way that we will get there is through Christ. But here, okay, hold on. But there was something for everyone. So it didn't make any difference. It didn't matter. My dear friend, I want to ask you a question today. Do you understand and realize the exclusivity of Jesus Christ? Why do you think Jesus, speaking to his disciples, why do you think Jesus made the statement to them when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's the, if, if there was any other way, don't you think he'd have said it? Don't you think he would have made that clear? And I know that sounds, that sounds hard and it sounds difficult. But my dear friend, let me share something with you. He created it all. And aren't you thankful today that God's desire to enter into a relationship with us? He gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. 
to take care of a debt that you and I could never take care of? Paul wants to make sure that the church of Colossae understood all of this. Matter of fact, he said in his own letter, he said, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness, has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That's who he is. Listen, I forget, as I've been studying Paul's prison epistles over and over and over again now i can appreciate and fully understand where his joy came from because at the end of the day paul knew that that was not it there was so much more ahead of him and there was no greater desire in paul's heart and life than to see others come to embrace jesus christ i want to ask you a question as believers today, we ought to have that same heartbeat. We ought to have that same attitude of our heart that there is nothing more precious to us than to see someone come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. There is no greater joy than that. You ready for this? There's even rejoicing in heaven. And my dear friend, if there's rejoicing in heaven, oh, how rejoicing ought to flow out of the churches when a sinner comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So let me ask you a question. Do you find joy in that? Boy, I do. Whew. Listen, there is nothing in it. Listen, there's nothing greater than when the light bulb clicks on and someone comes to the point in their life through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God, they understand and realize that Jesus Christ is the only way for them. And the tears oftentimes will begin to flow, okay? And to watch their lives change, that's what drove Paul. Hey, the false teachers that Paul is writing about here at the church at Colossae claim that they were not denying the Christian faith. It's not what they were doing. They were only lifting it to a higher level. Matter of fact, you ever heard of something? Matter of fact, we have them today. They're called agnostics. You ever heard of them? They're not denying the Christian faith here. They're, here's what they said. Through salvation plus knowledge, you can get to a higher plane and to a higher level of salvation. Really? I didn't know there was anything higher than Jesus Christ himself. Huh? not about knowledge it's about him it's not about how much we know it's about him paul said he is the preeminence and he should be in our lives here's what else they offered they offered fullness and freedom <laughs> a satisfying life that solved all the problems that people face Basically, that's what they told them. What we have for you, you live any way you want to live. You live free as a bird. Just live however you want to live. Because at the end of the day, you'll be there. Really? Free as a bird. What's interesting is when you go to Google... Everybody knows in here that Google has all the answers, correct? 
And did you know that whatever Google returns is in fact the truth? How many of y'all believe that? I'll tell you what, let me do it this way. How many of y'all, how many of y'all at least once a day go to Google? Go ahead, you can put your hands up. Put them up there and hold them up there. How many of y'all look at Google at least once a day? Huh? All right. I know some of y'all don't use Google, so let me use the other one. How many of y'all use Duck? Duck, Duck. Go ahead, put your hands up real high. Let me tell you what, they're all related, okay? <laughs> they're all related. Sure we do. We use it extensively. Have you ever gone into Google and put the gospel? You ought to try it sometimes. And see what it returns back. It's the world we live in. Where is the truth? So my question today is, do we have any of this heresy today? Yeah, we do. And you ready for this? It's just as deceptive and dangerous today as it has been. Nothing has changed. And this heresy was in direct teaching to what Paul was writing. There's another slide that Andrew is going to be gracious enough to put up for us. And I want you to notice this one. So whatever you do, whatever you do, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through verse 24. And I just want to kind of summarize and close where we are this morning with this. You see, these false teachers try to change people from the outside by means of diets and disciplines and you name it. But I want to share one thing with you. True spiritual growth comes from the inside, not from the outside. Verse 23 and verse 24, notice what Paul writes. He said, whatever you do, whatever you do, do your work heartily. As for who? For the Lord. Rather than for man. Why do we do what we do? Do we do it for men? Do we do it for the applause of men? Do we do it for the, for the, for the prestige? Mm -mm. Look at verse 24. Paul's affirmation, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. I love the last part. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Paul's trying to encourage the church at Colossae. Pay attention to what's being taught. Know and hold true. And matter of fact, one of the things that, that Paul wanted to make sure that took place, and we'll get into this a little bit more, he said the letter that was written, he said, make sure you pass it all around. 
Make sure you pass this letter all around. Why? Because of how important it was to be on guard against the heretical teaching that was taking place. So what about us today? Is it important what we believe? It is. Is it important that we stand on the truth of the word of God? It is. Is it important for us to understand that whatever we do, we ought to do it heartily. As for the Lord and not for men. Because we worship, we worship the Lord. You know, I talk about this all the time in my own life. I remember the day that, that I got saved. And I was thinking about this just the other day. And matter of fact, I was reading some more about Paul and his imprisonment. And I was reading some of the things from some history back in Paul's day of what prisons were like. And Paul found himself in a rented quarters as well. And what's so interesting about it is this imprisonment, people were able to come and go to Paul. And so we can only imagine how many more lives Paul influenced as a result of what condition he found himself in. All because of the truth of the gospel. Shipwrecked. Beaten. Stoned. Left outside the city to die. But he got back up. And he went back in. And he told those that were with him, he said, come on, we're going back in. <laughs> but I was thinking, just as I've been studying through this in my own life, you know, sometimes it's good to reflect and I know for some it's more difficult. Some were saved at an early age as a child, and so the only thing you've ever known is the church. But I remember that day I, just as clear as it was yesterday. As I was sitting there listening to the Word. And with the clarity that I had never heard it before, and let me say something to you. The preacher didn't change. Nothing had changed with him. It was the same over and over and over again. But this time it had much more clarity. Because of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that day, I don't know about you, but my longing to see the one who loved me so just gets stronger and stronger every day. But if I could encourage all of you seated here today, the day we live in today is a clock is ticking. If I could ever encourage your heart to your commitment to him, to your commitment to serving, to your commitment to the kingdom, to your commitment to the things of God, how much more it is needed today than we've ever seen it. People need the gospel. People need Jesus Christ. And the only way things will change 
It's when the heart changes from the inside out, not from the outside in. So how about you today? Has it been a lot of years? You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can come to the point in our life as believers that we kind of put it into the coast gear. I'm just going to kind of coast the rest of the way. Well, we get to the point that we think that we're not needed. My dear friend, listen to me. Can God get accomplished what he needs to without us? He can. But his desire is to do it with us. And there is no greater joy than when we come alongside of him for the kingdom. No greater joy in your life than serving others. No greater joy in your life than being a part of what God's doing. Letter to the Church of Colossae is an affirmation of who Christ was and is and an encouragement to them to continue on. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for this letter of Paul. And Father, as we read it, Father, just as much as it was meant for the church at Colossae, how much it speaks to our hearts today. And so, Father, I pray this morning that as we'll spend a few moments in, in an invitation time, Father, I pray for all of those who are seated here today. I pray that each one of them knows you personally. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for that one that may be here this morning that does not know for sure if they do or they don't. Father, I pray through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in your word this morning that they would see themselves as hopeless, as a sinner. Father, that the only way that that can be changed is by admitting that in their own life and placing their trust and faith in the redemption of Jesus Christ and confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will hear from heaven and answer that prayer. Father, I pray for that one here today that's watching maybe online that needs Jesus Christ in their life. I pray that today would be the day that their life would change. And then, Father, I pray for believers today. As the clock continues to tick, and we find ourselves in a very difficult world. Father, may we stand today even greater on the truth of the gospel than we ever have before. The days are difficult. 
we find ourselves in a difficult time but father you've not changed the power of the gospel has not changed the power of the Holy Spirit has not changed father may we lean in today and press on toward the mark prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ to carry the banner high as Joshua said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord may that be our may that be our covenant today may that be our affirmation today as a believer Father, we pray that you would take this time this morning and use it for your honor and for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come lead us this morning as he does. Where are we today? Where are you today in your own life? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Maybe today's the day we just need to say, you know, just need to to lean in just a little bit more need to press a little bit more I will tell you it's easy when you come to the to the finish line to kind of start to stand up and kind of pull back my dear friend listen to me we need you more today church needs you more today and some folks say well you know I'm getting old preacher yeah so am I some told me the other day, said, son, you're still a child. I said, don't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> but don't ever think for a moment that God's finished with you. Because he's not. We got a lot of work to do yet. Will you come along on the journey with us? Huh? Let me tell you something. Are you ready? It gets better each day. It's tougher, but it gets better. Amen. Brother Red, would you lead us this morning? Oh, to Jesus I surrender. Surrender. 
surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. We come to the portion of our service where we get to give back to God so freely what he's given us right god has given us everything the life and that we have this morning right the breath in our lungs we owe it all to god and so we just come to the portion of our service where we give back to him on the screen we have five different ways to give whether it's in person online through the app through texting or by the mail we have plenty of ways for you to give and so there's no excuse for you not to give back to god and so as we come to this time we're going to pray, ask God to bless the offering, ask God to bless our sacrifices to him. Let's pray. Father God, we, we know that you don't need anything that we can give you. In fact, God, you already own all of it. And so we just recognize right now that you are the rightful owner of all the good things in this world. God, and we give back to you what you've so freely given to us. And we pray that you would bless our tithes and our offerings. God, not for our sake, but so that the gospel can go forth. God, that you can use us to build your kingdom. And we ask that you would be with us throughout this week. God, that you would bless the time and the sacrifice we give to you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God's people said and Paul as he wrote to the church at Philippi said all right I'll go back and preach Philippians again all over all right here's what he wrote rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice amen we can we can rejoice because of him today let me share a couple of things with you uh, some exciting things that are going to take place. Gia will be flying in on Friday, on Thursday uh, afternoon. We'll go pick him up at the airport. He will be with us on Sunday, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. 
Sunday morning he'll be preaching and then Sunday night he's going to share with us some of the things that's going on in the Republic of Georgia as well as some of the things with his son and some of the things they experienced and saw while they were in Munich uh, with opportunities that he had with the gospel. And uh, so there's a lot of exciting things that are taking place. And then on top of all of that, you'll notice over here, notice the green and the red. They finally came in. It's the shoe boxes. So you don't have to buy one. On your way out, you can take one, okay? I think we have, if I'm not mistaken, 400 of them, all right? So we have plenty of them if you need one or two or three or four or five or ten. If you want to take a hundred, that's okay. We'll put the cases out there for you. But do your best. I know things are limited. Things are difficult to find, okay? Uh, but just do your best as we look forward to just having a part in sending the gospel message around the world. Amen? And having a part in it. All right. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed in order of prayer tonight. We continue through our study on the early church. So we look at some of those tonight who had a direct impact on the days of the early church. And so I would encourage you to be back uh, for that tonight, students as well, and uh, just the activities here as we look forward to all that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads, and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that we have just to gather here together. Father, to encourage one another, to lift one another up. Father, just to love on each other. And Father, I pray that as we do, that our hearts will be stirred. Father, as we realize what a privilege it is that we have to serve you each day, dismiss us now with your love. Bring us back the next appointed time and we ask all of this in Jesus name and for his sake amen